0: how to get it, and everything in between. This is M-Chan. And this is Jamie. Deep. So we've realized there's so many questions that people have about cooking and food, especially in the midst of the pandemic, that I couldn't possibly spend all my time answering them. So I've joined forces with Jamie from the podcasting desk to be your newest resource on most things food and
1: cooking related. Hi, I'm Jamie. I feel like I'm completely unqualified to be on this podcast, but we're just gonna go for it anyways. I grew up loving food, eating things from my grandma, I'm from Portland, Oregon, so I spent every single Tuesday of my elementary school time looking forward to reading Food Day from the Oregonian and just reading about all the cool kitchen, kitchen tips and whatnot and all of the fun recipes. Uh, Alton Brown was my idol. I also watched America's Test Kitchen religiously every Sunday with my dad at, at one point. Um, and my life dream is to open the food truck and drive around the country selling rolled selling foods and making a podcast out of a trailer that's going to be attached to that truck. Sorry, Mom. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a disappointment. It's okay. So anyways, uh, what better way than to start here with the resident food writer of the Emerald, M. Chan. Hello,
0: I am M. Chan, if you didn't already know me. I've been on the arts and culture desk for a year now, and I'm super excited to be providing some more food-related content your way, with Jamie by my side. And so, of course I love food, and I've been writing about it, duh, but this is just another way to get some questions answered that I wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity to answer, and thus the
1: Food Bumble Hotline was born. Yeehaw. Anyways, we're going to just hit the ground running. We've got questions to answer, hacks to break down, products that we love, and uh, resources in the local community that you may find helpful. Uh, We're going to go straight into the hotline. And we're going to do something a little bit different since it's our first episode. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about more COVID-related things because especially now, people are so indoors. We are still in a pandemic, and we should still all be quarantining to some degree. Um, So we've got some COVID-related questions to answer, but starting next week, we're going to put out a little form for you. If you have any any food questions, you can always reach out. That's going to be our little hotline for you, and then in the subsequent episodes, we'll be answering those questions. But for now, let's get into some COVID topics. So our first COVID-related question, how to meal plan for the week to
0: limit grocery trips? Well, to answer that part for the week specifically... So you're gonna wanna think about your schedule, first and foremost. So how many days are you okay with cooking? And how many days are you not cooking? But even before you think about what you're actually gonna meal prep, you actually have to think about how many days you're trying to cook for. So you can go, you know, decide how much you're gonna get per grocery trip. So for me, I would recommend, well, I think for the both of us, because we are in a freaking pandemic still, um, that you just go once a week, whether that be just one place that you hit up or you go to several, Um, once a week is probably like the best. So if you want to cook more, you know, you can account for, okay, I'm going to need more ingredients because I'm going to cook more. If you're not going to cook as much or the things you're making don't need as many ingredients, then, you know, you can buy less. But for the most part, just think about the timing scope of how much you're going to be cooking for um, and like how much you eat before you even like think about what you're
1: going to get that makes sense yeah and and for me like a good rule of thumb to go by is always make a little more rather than trying to make a little less because with more you can always like do leftovers you can do other things with it but if you don't have enough food then you just don't have enough food obviously there are like reasons for maybe like for why you may not be able to afford enough food or whatnot for yourself but there are also resources that we can get into later on um in terms of what you actually want to cook and how to best meal plan or meal prep for yourself. Um, One of the best things to do is to always have enough pantry staples of like good base foods, things like rice, bread, pasta, noodles. Um, That way you can cook it differently every day or you can just make a big batch at the beginning of the week and just to use for like dinner for one night and lunches for the rest of the week. Um, What I like to do is I normally just have a giant tub of rice and like a bunch of boxes of pasta so that I know that I have something I can use to cook with every um, every day so the two main things that I normally think about are like a base food or a staple food as well as fresh produce and meat occasionally um, depending on your dietary needs and your dietary preferences uh, especially for, uh, for fresh produce it's mostly based on your, your personal preference Um, generally you can think that you want at least like one type of produce per day or per meal and kind of go from there when you're at the grocery store look at what's the freshest look at what's on sale um, look at things that you actually enjoy eating but always try to be a little bit more on the flexible side Um, and try to keep a couple of recipes on hand that are more versatile and are more like welcoming of like different types of produce that you can just kind of throw in whatever you're able to find that's on sale or something that you are really really uh a fan of um, yeah. yeah in addition to that you also just want to look like seasonally so you
0: know it also helps to f- know what's available seasonally so it's more fresh um and typically again that with the global market we're in that's not really a problem but if you're thinking of potentially hitting up some farmers markets and whatnot for more fresh produce it really does um make it worthwhile to do just a little bit of research so you can find what's most fresh
1: yeah and right now specifically it's beginning of october there's plenty of corn you're going to see a lot of different squashes if you're not afraid to tackle a challenge like fresh pumpkin and recipes so is really good. I wouldn't I personally wouldn't go near there, but like if you're if you're in for a challenge, you know, that's always a fun time. And that's also just based on your personal preference and on your schedule. Most farmers markets are usually open on the weekends. So if that's what you if if you want to spend your weekends doing your food shopping, that's a great time to do it. Um It's also just a fun adventure. Just go out there and see what else is available. Because sometimes uh, at
0: farmers markets, you'll be surprised at what's cheaper there than at the grocery store. And being more local, that's just all the
1: plus. Yeah. You're just going to get fresher, better, sometimes cheaper produce in general. And that's always a, just a great thing. Wow. This is so, <laughs> this is so great. We're, yeah, we're doing so great. We're just, kill- we're just killing it. Okay. Yeah. And the last main thing that you want to really think about when you're meal planning is how many people are you cooking for? Are you cooking for yourself? Are you going to be cooking for your roommates? Are you and your roommates going to be taking turns? Um, if that's, if you are specifically cooking with your roommates, um, it's best to create like a to-do list or best to create a shared document or something where all of you every week can kind of just put in what you want to make, figure out who wants to cook on what day, uh, try to figure out schedules and see like what would be the best day for one specific person to cook. Um Or if you're living by yourself, it's going to be a different deal. You're mostly responsible more for yourself. Um, The only thing is just making sure that you are not going overboard on the food. Em lives basically by herself, so she she knows a bit more about that than I do. Yeah, so
0: for sure. Um, It's definitely easy to overbuy when you are basically, you know, uh, cooking for yourself. My roommate and I, we just use the kitchen whenever it's open. Um, And for me, uh, since I like to cook more I just spend more time there Um, and so again it really just goes back to thinking about like how much time you're going to spend cooking like because I know I love to cook and I want to spend like all my time cooking at once because I know the rest of the week I will put way too much time and then my time schedule is all weird and I just don't get anything done and then I'm stressed and then yeah it's a whole deal. But if you know in advance what you want to make and how much time you're willing to commit to it, it's really, it's really not that bad. Um, Just make sure, you know, you don't buy too much that your roommates um, complain that there's not enough space in the fridge for their stuff, which has never happened to me. No, no, not at all. But yeah, and even if you're the type, whether you're cooking for yourself or your roommates, that you don't necessarily have like a inner recipe book in your brain. You can t- look online beforehand. Save them to your phone. A lot of websites nowadays, especially like the re- recipe index ones, you can um, what's you what's you call it, um, um, what you know when you drop down and you like you can uh you favorite them. <laughs> no, it's uh what is it? Bookmark No, it's uh you can cuss. Custom- <laughs> I-, I figured out. You can customize the number of servings that you want, so then it'll bring up a better approximate of how much ingredients you need to get. And so, if if that helps you, you know, also do that and take advantage of the websites and all their capabilities. Um, If you want to try new things, you know, same dealio. I can't believe I said dealio. (laughs) (laughs) With new recipes, it's the same thing, right? Bookmark them. Look at all the ingredients. And if you need to increase them, decrease them, modify them, you can also do that on the site with your bookmarks.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. In terms of, like, cooking for roommates, I live in a small apartment with three other people. And we all just kind of, like, agreed to just cook as a group, which was not our initial plan. But that's what ended up happening. Um, And generally, since I'm the only person who uh, will generally do most of the cooking, I spend about four or five days out of the week doing most of the cooking and uh, my, my meal planning is like very minimal on actual like meal prep. I will actually just carve out about a half hour to an hour out of every day just cooking dinner for myself and for my roommates. Um, but that's just because my schedule allows for it, and that's kind of my moment in the day to just de-stress and just focus on creating some yummy dinner for, for my roommates and I. Um, and then one day a week, I'll just, you know, completely crash and burn, and that's the day when they can just step in and take care of the food for themselves. Um, so that's kind of how our schedule works, but or like that's, you know, two different scenarios of cooking for yourself or cooking with other people. It's not going to work for everybody, of course, so obviously just kind of plan and meal plan and prep for your specific living situation in mind um, and with that we can move on to our second question which is about roommates so our question is how to sort out kitchen complex and how to share the kitchen with roommates so fortunately for us
0: two we have great situations where we're able to communicate honestly and sort out our schedules but we know that's not realistic for everyone Fortunately, uh, today actually, I can plug this shamelessly. But my advice piece is called Roommate Rumblings. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, Jamie. <laughs> uh, roommate Rumblings, back to school advice. Uh, it's answering questions about um, kind of the most uh, common roommate conflicts, which includes, you know, eating other people's foods, using their stuff, or if they're not taking COVID as seriously as you are. Um, and all of those have the common thread of being about boundaries. Um, As long as you're open and communicative about what you're trying to get out of the kitchen in this scenario. So maybe it's you want this block of time because there's no other time or perhaps they're leaving the kitchen messier than you want them to. Or maybe they're, I don't know, just something's going wrong and you want to fix it. Just any kind of kitchen-related conflict that wouldn't otherwise be applicable for us to talk about because they're hyper-specific or something, but generally you just want to lay out the line, okay? I want this because of this and offer a solution because you don't, again, you're living with them for a whole lease. You don't want to create tensions super early because that kind of tension will last throughout the rest of your relationship as
1: long as you share the lease. So... Wanna, do you think, Jamie? Um, no, you kind of covered everything I really want to say. Um, I guess the biggest thing is, right now, it's so early on in this term. It's so early on in many people's leases. It's not too late to just sit down and have that conversation with your roommates and set those boundaries and just have a discussion about, like, what exactly you want to do specific to the kitchen. Um, because everybody eats, or everybody should be eating. and. Every- eat please 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 eat (laughs) um and everyone should deserve to have access to the food that they need to eat and that a big part of that is access to the kitchen and um if you're sharing the kitchen you're sharing a space with one two three maybe more people And you just want to make sure that everybody is having access to this like going into the conversation to set boundaries for yourself It's great, but also kind of you can remind your roommates that this is also for their sake as well. You want to make sure that they're being heard and that they're able to take care of themselves, too.
0: Yeah. So I form in a a prior living arrangement. Um, I had a roommate that wasn't quite on board with how the rules of the kitchen were. Um, And it was really awkward trying to sort out, you know, like... How long are we going to be in the kitchen? Who's responsible for calling the apartment management in the case that, like, something goes wrong? And just all of that stuff. Fridge space, cabinet space, use of dishes, like, any kind of conflict. You name it, we had that between me and this particular roommate. So try to approach the situation with kindness and concern Rather than defensiveness and an animosity or annoyance of any sort, because that will immediately be an indicator to your roommate that you know they might also have to be defensive, because again, a lot of people think it's like a me versus them, and you don't want that. You you want to cohabitate harmoniously. So it it sucks and confrontation is hard, but with the right intentions and hopefully you can read your roommate and how they communicate well enough. I hope by about the month you've been probably living together that having this conversation will go more smoothly than harshly.
1: Yeah. Roommates are hard. People are hard. Even the best of friends are going to, are going to fight. But as long as you continue to just approach situations, approach your approach conversations and approach boundaries with just care and kindness in mind, as hard as it can be, um, that's sometimes the best thing that you can do and the only thing that you can do. Um, so best of luck with that. Uh, let's move on to some more lighthearted questioning. Yeah, which is the best food to prep for a socially distanced picnic. Well, there's not much sun left considering the time of year we're in. That's true. But we've been having a stretch of really nice weather. Um, touch wood. <laughs> knock on wood. Um. And so if you want to see your friends, one of the best ways to do that is with a picnic, specifically a socially distanced picnic. Um, and we're, we're just going to go in step by step about, like, what specific items you should be bringing for the picnic, non-food items, and then we can go into some nice suggestions of food that would be really great to have on the picnic while you're seeing your friends from six feet apart, at least. Please. Wearing masks. Um, I mean, until you're eating, but yeah. so. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go into some like more non-food based like equipment things that oh, you want yeah. to bring? Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, definitely have a bag with you. Um. I don't know why I started this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're just go with, with it. I mean, okay, depending on where you're going, you know, I would suggest, like, a blanket or a coat that you can lay down on either, like, a bench that might be gross or dirty or, you know, some grass. I mean, if you're fine with grass stains, go ahead. Roll in that lawn. But, you know, um, I would say that. that um, I mean, wear SPF. That's really dumb, but
1: wear SPF. Yeah, uh PSA, even when it's cloudy AF outside, please, please, please wear your sunscreen. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, you could bring some like activities like frisbee,
0: you can still technically do from far-ish away, right? Yeah. Um badminton, I mean I don't think there's like tennis courts really open, but I that's about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Like, I can't think of anything. Growing up, that's all we did together. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just badminton and Frisbee's.
0: Yeah, fun fact that we're gonna insert here randomly. Um, we're related, we're cousins.
1: Yes. We mm-hmm. grew up spending a lot of time, especially over the summers, together. Yeah, so outdoorsy summer things are right up our alley. Um in terms of food. In though, terms of food though, yeah. Um, one of the great picnic foods are just sandwiches. But the thing is, we're in college, or I hope that a lot of you are. Or what I'm assuming. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming that the majority of our listeners are going to be college students or college age student or college age people. And we're we're okay. Are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Um, I think. Let's hinge on the side of less. Okay. Well, we're freaking lazy.
0: Yeah, we're pretty lazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, So, obviously, the fewer things you have to pack, the fewer things you're going to have to think about, and the easier your life is going to be. Um, That being said, sandwiches are great, salads are great, chips and other, like, nice snacky lunch foods are all delicious, if you're like me, I like to just cram a bunch of food together and eat it. So, you know, make a make a nice sandwich, get some kind of protein on there, get a lot of veggies. You can even just toss your own salad and throw it onto your sandwich. Like, it's delicious. It's delightful. I love doing stuff like that. And then one of my favorite things to do... Oh, is it's to, seriously their favorite. Yeah. Is to just take a bunch of chips... And just cram them in your sandwich, okay? It adds textural contrast. You get that nice salty crunch. You get the flavor of your favorite chip. And it's just mixed together with, like, all of the other delicious components in your sandwich. I really, really like sandwiches. I just... So controversial. That's so brave. <laughs> I freaking love sandwiches, okay? And then you, t- you make your sandwich. You can even toast your little sandwich before you put your salad and whatnot on there. Make sure when you put your chips in that you're keeping it away from the saucier elements of your sandwich. Wrap it up in some foil, and boom, you got a whole meal in, in a nice little foil packet that you can just throw into your bag. It's easy, it's portable, it's compact. You don't even need to eat it on a picnic. You can just eat it in the comfort of your dwelling. This is the hill that Jamie is going to die on. <laughs> That's, that's literally the only, yeah.
0: yeah. JB, you got that perfectly. Just, I could not agree anymore, especially
1: as a person who also likes to throw chips into their sandwich. Yeah. 10 out of 10 explanation. Chips and sandwiches, french fries and burgers, like, it's the perfect- I can literally see the saliva <laughs> gathering at the corners of your mouth.
0: <laughs> I have not had french fries oh in like God. a
1: month. Ooh, we should get french
0: fries soon. Okay, anyway, um- <laughs> So, that concludes our COVID-specific questionings um, from the hotline. So, if you want to ask us any more questions about food or how to fix your mishaps, you can contact us via the Food Fumble Hotline Google form that we'll be sending out, or you can email us at hotline at gmail.com. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Or you can contact... Uh, Jamie or I, but we will have those plugs at the end.
1: Yeah. Um, and a couple of sample questions that you might want to ask. How to pick your produce? What's the best way to heat up your leftovers? What happens if you burn your meat? What happens if you keep on burning your toast because you can't gauge how hot an electric range is? Honestly, I think my mom needs that question more than anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. Yeah. But in the meantime, we've still got a couple sections um, to go. But again, throw us any kind of question and we will do our very, very best to answer them. Coming up next, we have our
1: one of my favorite named (laughs) one of of my favorite name sections Um, to to give to give some some context. um, I don't it's it's named after what the original meaning of this word is for and not what the current context this this specific word has but our next section <laughs> is called the hack of the fortnight and that is fortnight meaning 14 days and not the game that is currently at odds with the apple store see our
0: logic was that because this is an every other week podcast that we would have time to like come up with it and then that's why it's like a hack of the day But, you know, we're just going to run with it. As horrifying as that name is. Yeah. When Em
1: said that sandwiches are the hill I die on, this is the real hill that I'm ready to die on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay,
0: so. These are just our suggestions of hacks that would make your life better as probably a college student. So, for this week... We want to highly, highly, highly recommend cutting boards.
1: Yeah. And you might be thinking, what the heck? That's like, not a hack. That's not a hack. But but you don't understand. Cutting boards? freaking game changer. The
0: number of... The number of people I have seen, whether it was at house parties, visiting, l- like, just... Just generally know that just do not have cutting boards and just use any old plate... Or the freaking countertop is absolutely horrifying.
1: Yeah, like the fastest way to lose your security deposit. Yeah, is scratching up your countertop.
0: Honestly, and also it's just bad for your utensil. It's not great for whatever you're cutting. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look it. It is like it is. Yeah. And your plates, you can ruin your plates. What are you doing? Even yeah. if it's a flat plate, don't, don't do it. We, we see you. No, yeah. we see you and we judge you. Don't. Get get a cutting board.
1: Yeah. Fun story. When I was like <laughs> 12, I was cutting up uh, some dalu, which is like this Vietnamese like pork loaf type thing. It's like a and, meatloaf. Yeah, except steamed. anyway it's very delicious and we can talk more at length if you have any questions on that and how to cook with it anyways um i just had it on like a little a tiny little serving plate and i had my little fruit knife and i was ready to just cut up some dalu to put it in a sandwich and um i was just you know sawing back and forth going at it and then before you knew it i went too far i went too fast (laughs) and i cracked the plate in half
0: this is 12-year-old Jamie.
1: 12-year-old 12. <laughs> 12 Jamie just trying to make some lunch. Just trying
0: to make a sandwich. Yeah, and even if you're, this is very extreme, but if, if your plate doesn't break, you know, you could still scratch it up, you could still make cracks in it. It, it's not good. Like, treat your plates with respect, you know? Yeah, that's what you eat off of. Yeah, treat your utensils, your plate, whatever you're cutting. It's also not that expensive. You can get a set at Target. You can buy a set from Walmart. Or you can just get one. I have two. And it's it's most recommended that you have multiple. <laughs> <laughs> one for your meats, one for your veggies, I, one for, and Whatever, no. I feel you calling me out, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Yes, because, yes... But, you know, just having one, two, that's fine. You know, that's better than zero. And using your countertop, I see you and I judge you. Okay? I might not even know you, but I'm judging you. So just get one.
1: It's not hard. Get one. You can do it. The only thing that, like, you would just have to keep in mind with the cutting board is to make sure that, is to try to keep one side that's more for raw food that you know you're going to cook and then one side for more like pre-prepared food where you're just kind of slicing it up for like a salad or whatever um just as a general food safety food hygiene kind of thing obviously it's not like a hard and fast rule it's just generally a good rule of thumb which is why i recommend two (laughs) cutting boards or at least making sure you can differentiate between two sides of your cutting board um yeah, I just apparently have a lot of hot takes about a lot of things here.
0: <laughs> and I am so excited
1: to dig deeper into them. So send your most aggressive questions yeah. our way. Just your hottest takes, your most divisive issues, anything. I'm ready. Uh, food related, please. Food, 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 food please. related, please. Yeah. Okay, well, with that, you know,
0: as contentious as it was, I think it's time we talk about some of our favorite
1: things Yeah. in the kitchen. It's time for hashtag not, not sponsored. sponsored.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, why don't why don't you go first?
1: Because you're so revved up. <laughs> Let me tell you about the latest thing that. Oh, okay, not the latest thing. The thing that I've been really, you know, one of my favorite tools. Um, you probably don't even think about it until you know you've moved out and you're trying to cook, and then you realize, I don't have enough bowls. Oh goodness. Yeah. Me. I recommend that you get some mixing bowls it doesn't super matter what brand they are doesn't really matter if they're metal or glass actually you should probably not get metal i'm just gonna recommend that oh that's true generally glass is good hell even ceramic ceramic oh that that is true yeah um we're team no metal bowls (sighs) (laughs) you could cut that out No, 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 no. Let me tell you about some bowls, okay? (laughs) I personally recommend just getting a set of mixing bowls, preferably glass. Ceramic is good. If you want to have, like, one big-ass bowl, and it's, like, a metal bowl that you're specifically using if you're, like, baking a lot, or if you want to do, like, a lot of, like, big marinades or whatever, and you just need an extra big bowl, a stainless steel bowl works great, as long as you're not using it specifically for, like, food storage or even necessarily, like, serving food. Um, I specifically recommend Pyrex glass mixing bowls because um, they, they nestle into each other really well. And they have- It's so satisfying. It's so, so satisfying. And they each have like nice little lids and now they make them in like fun colors. And those things are all dishwasher safe. They're excellent for prepping food. If you need to like marinate meat and you need to let it like sit for a while and you want to reduce your plastic usage. Like I, back at home, my family goes through a lot of saran wrap when you have these mixing bowls, you just slap that lid on there and just chuck it in the fridge for like an hour, and then you're good. You're set. They're perfect for for serving food as well, cause like there's just something really satisfying, especially if you're using like a lot of different bowls. If they're all you know like the same sh- like. General bullshit. It's, so yeah. it's so
0: aesthetic. Yeah. So aesthetic. And with it, the fun lids, you know, yeah. it adds some party to and then, it. Yeah, it's
1: like a little placemat for your bowls, you know? And no slippage here. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> And with the glass you can see into the bowls and you can actually see your food as you're serving it, as you're eating it. And then at the end of the night, just slap that bad boy lid on there, chuck it in the fridge, and you've got that perfect food storage. Or if you're done, stick it
0: in the dishwasher you've got dish duty done yeah just
1: uh, I love bowls but I specifically love mixing bowls yes
0: but also nowadays Pyrex even if you're not going to get mixing bowls just like the container the storage container bowls like I have those and they come with some like pretty cool designs now I got one in winter it was like on sale freaking good deal at Costco Um, it was so good I have a set my mom has a set. That's freaking how good it is. But they're pretty. They're colorful. You know, you can write on them in Sharpie so you don't lose track of them. You know, there's just, like, a couple things because it is, like, a plastic lid that, you know... Just As long as you don't use freaking plastic, you should be fine. You know, you're not going to break it or anything. Yeah. Um. But that is Jamie's. Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored. You will go on and on about it. I just freaking know it. But, like, this segment is not sponsored. These are just our our most glowing recommendations of things you should have or consider having and so 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 jamie psyched me out last minute because you were originally planning on doing pasta but i'm gonna do pasta now because you you went on about those freaking glass mixing bowls great however i think mine's better if you ever walk into safeway and you go through the pasta aisle there's always one type of pasta that is never ever sold out Except for like pre like right at the pandemic hit. But since then, I have not seen it sold out. And it is the Berea Barilla, Barilla, however you say it, B A R I L L A zucchini pasta. And Jamie's looking at me with a confused face, and you're probably looking at me or the way your screen or whatever you're doing with a confused face. I swear to god this stuff is always on sale you can get three boxes and it's like ten dollars it's there's enough servings in just one box for two nights well for like me eating i just mostly eat dinner so that's two dinners for me but it's like super convenient it's made out of vegetables, so even if you're not making vegetable sides, you still have your daily dose of vegetables. I see the judgment coming from your eyeballs, Jamie. This is a judgment for yourself. <laughs> don't hit me with that, because I can see your judgment. But sometimes I'm lazy to make vegetable sides. I'll admit it. That's I love fair. cooking, but I think it's great that I don't have to feel as guilty because the veggies are also my pasta. And for my vegetarian folks or vegan folks, you can eat this too. And so it just covers the spectrum of people because one, no one ever buys all of it out like the regular pasta. And two, it's freaking cheaper than all of the regular grainy pastas. See, I wonder
1: why.
0: <laughs> and three, if you can find a pasta recipe that you love, it is a totally fine substitute people give this pasta a friggin bad rap because they are not you know the most common mistake when people make pasta is they're not salting their pasta water salt it it's like one tablespoon of salt into your water as you're boiling your pasta sometimes you you might prefer more sometimes you might prefer less but salt the water and that will make a ton of difference for when you're actually eating your pasta it's not going to be weird even if it's made out of vegetables, it's not going to be weird, I promise. And it's going to be delicious and good. And I fear now that I've told my best kept secret that everybody's going to buy it out. But for now, I highly recommend the Barilla veggie pasta. Zucchini pasta.
1: Don't look at me like that. I can see it. You can okay. see it. I have two points to make. <sighs> <laughs> what? Okay. First off. Okay. Three points to make. First oh my off. God. Nice. Second off, oh my God. I forgot to mention, Pyrex bowls now are fairly affordable. You can get them. Oh, seven- I <laughs> cannot believe you're plugging your non-sponsored item during mine. <laughs> hey, I just, no, it completely escaped my mind to tell you about the price and the affordability of Pyrex mixing bowls because you were talking about how cheap your pasta was. And I was like, oh no, I gotta make sure our listeners know that like these these mixing bowls are pretty accessible to people. You can get them for like 12 bucks at Target, Walmart, wherever you want to go, your big box, department corporate store. entity, department entity, yeah. <laughs> Macy's, Home and Furniture usually has sales. I don't know if there's one near Eugene or Springfield. I, I, I am Portland trash, but that is a okay. Anyways, that was the first point. So that was can, the second, second point. <laughs> count, baby, count. Anyway, I don't, I don't know how to count. Uh, go on, go on, come on. Anyways, okay, okay. Last point. If you want. To cook your pasta, cook it in cold water. Like, okay, it's yeah. They're not gonna get that. You have to like, yeah, yeah. Some I'm, gonna it, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain. So the best thing you can do with your pasta are these zucchini pasta things, like long strands. Are these short? What like what you is can? That? They're available in every freaking shape. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, the best thing you can do for your pasta and for yourself and for your pasta cooking game is to cook your pasta in very little, very salty cold water. What I mean by that is you take your pasta of choice. It could be the zucchini pasta. It could be regular pasta that regular people eat. Shut up. (laughs) Anyway, go on. Your point about cooking. Yeah. Okay. You take a pot or maybe if you have spaghetti or longer strands, you have a big like skillet or even like a saucepan. You throw those bad boy pastas in there and then you fill it up with enough water just to cover the pasta. You boil it. You cover it with a lid that you have it. And you boil it. You bring it up to a boil. As soon as it comes up to a boil, give your give your pasta a little stir, leave the lid off, and bring it down to a simmer for five to seven minutes. Taste after five minutes, make sure it's the texture you want. Keep on adding like 30 seconds to a minute afterwards until you get the texture you want. As soon as that happens, kill the heat. Use like a strainer or something. Scoop out that pasta. I don't think that you mentioned salt. Usually you salt your pasta water. I complete I need to leave. I need to quit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, after you add the water, add in one tablespoon of salt for every about quart of water you can use. It can be an estimate. Just throw that in.
0: And if in doubt, put more.
1: Yeah. And then this is important. After your pasta's done cooking, keep that pasta water. Don't use a colander. Or if you use a colander, put some kind of glass heat-proof vessel to catch all of that sweet, sweet pasta water. And my best bet, use a scooper that has holes at the bottom like a strainer type the scoop out your pasta. Use tongs if you have spaghetti or longer strands. Put it in a bowl. Keep that pasta water. And then in whatever sauce you use, just throw in a little bit of pasta water when you're tossing your pasta with your sauce because you shouldn't be sad and put pasta on the plate and then just dump sauce on top. You should always be mixing up your pasta. Add a little bit of pasta water. All of the starch that's gone from your pasta goes into the water and it helps bind the sauce to your pasta and helps it cling and helps it just be absolutely delicious which is why sometimes you might be having unpleasant experiences eating pasta
0: and you know what i don't even scoop out the pasta water and i forgot about doing those steps and i made pasta yesterday
1: <laughs> i made pasta yesterday
0: too but i forgot to do the pasta water step so even if you don't if you if you don't have anything larger you want to pour it out because you That's how you strain your pasta. Just grab a spoon, grab a ladle, scoop some into a cup, save it on the side. You don't need a whole lot, but, you know, some is good, like a cup.
1: Yeah. You're not even going to use the whole cup half the time. But, like, you know. Save it. You never know. Better safe than sorry. And then afterwards, you can toss it. You don't really need pasta water beyond that. Yeah, because
0: the way you made it sound like was, like, it's holy and, like, you cannot throw it away. You can throw it away. (laughs) Don't worry. I... Honestly, I dump my pasta water most of the time, so okay. it's fine.
1: Yeah, like I yeah. mean, yeah, besides the, the scoop that I normally use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And with that, that is our hashtag not sponsored items of the week. Yes, go
0: get those Pyrex mixing bowls and maybe not buy out all of my zucchini pasta yet. Not yet. I need to make another run. But until then, we can let you know about everything else you can get your hands on. For food or other kitchen help throughout this friggin' city of Eugene
1: and Springfield. So, we're calling this Food and Huge, but also balling on a budget. Normally, we're going to have two different sections, but this week specifically, especially with COVID, but also since it's the beginning of the term, we wanted to talk about like local, low-cost or free food resources for people specifically in Eugene. Um, so I guess we're just calling this Food and huge slash Ballin' on the Budget for this week. For this week. Um, yeah. In later episodes, we're gonna have two separate sections for that so that we can talk about a variety of, of topics. But for now, we're just gonna talk about food resources for folks here in the U, the Dirty huge. God. <laughs> it's not that dirty.
0: Sometimes. Okay. Anyway. So, if you are a U of O student, this will be most prevalent to you. There is a food security resources webpage provided by the Dean of Students. And, or if you don't want to find this webpage because you're lazy, like me, you can follow at Feed the Flock UO or the Student Sustainability Center at UO underscore SSC on Instagram. So they will provide, well, at least Feed the Flock UO will provide the most latest up to date info on food resources, whether that be produce drops. Um, information about snap which we'll get into in a little bit or other just food related things whether that be workshops you know free food discounts etc so you should follow them Um, even if it's not for you there might be someone else who might need it and you can always refer that resource because we believe everyone should have access to food because they deserve to yeah
1: because we are a food, we are a food cast, and it would not be right if we were talking about food without talking about food security and food accessibility.
0: Yeah, and speaking of food security, um, Eugene, Springfield, and the General Lane County is super, super fortunate to have SNAP offices. So SNAP, if you didn't know, is the um, national government program called Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. So there's three in office persons that. What? Three (laughs) in-person offices. One in Eugene, one in Springfield, one in Lane County. Um, But if you do want to enroll in this program, it helps with like food costs and assistance. You can contact the Student Sustainability Center to talk to their food security resource officer. um, Or you can email foodsecurity at uoregon.edu for assistance. Again, that's security at uoregon.edu. Again, this is most prevalent to U of O students. So, what's the next thing, Jamie? What's the um, next thing on this list? You were talking about the food pantry
1: earlier, right? Yeah, that's right. So, UO has its own food pantry. It's called a Pantry Drop. So, every Tuesday starting, I guess as of this recording, starting tomorrow, October 6th, from 3 to 5 p.m., the UO Amphitheater will have... Uh, like free produce for students. All you need to do is to bring a bag, your student ID, and wear your mask, and you'll just get in line over there, and they'll be offering produce and just pick out your food, and they'll give it to you. Um, no, no questions, no asked. questions asked. Yeah, and this is a really great program. They're going to be doing this once a week, every Tuesday um, during the academic term, rain or shine. There's always going to be food out there for the for students who need it. Again, super
0: important. You have your ID you must be a student In other resource stuff um there is a food pantry for students so whether you are a uo student your lane county community this is open it is through the episcopal campus ministry so it's open for uo students north christian university northern christian university no, they, they've renamed themselves oh bushnell university yeah. Uh, Lane County, and yeah. Anyway, so they are open for students. They're a food pantry each Wednesday and Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. During all terms, um, they're closed during your standard school breaks. Um, student pantry is open, and it will provide free food once a week to people as long as they show their student ID. So bring your own bag, um, you know, show up. This is provided by a church. Um, Well, it's housed in a church, I should say. It's located at the Grace Lutheran Church at 710 East 17th Avenue. And so it is super nice. There's plenty of food, um, staples, canned, um, bottled, you know, your typical pantry staples. Go in once a week and you can pick up some stuff, which is really nice. They have a Facebook page, uh, the Pantry ECM House. Um, you can find their page there for any pertinent info and or their general website, yeah. which we will not say the
1: whole URL for because it's too long. Yeah. Um, all of these links will be available in the description of this podcast episode. In addition to this food pantry program, there is also another program called Hearth and Table, and this is this happens over at the Central Lutheran Church, which is at 1857 Potter Street, Eugene, Oregon. Um, How this program works is, there is every every Tuesday at the Central Lutheran Church's Parish Hall, uh, between 5 to 6 p.m. of the academic year, um, you can pick up a free meal. You'll be greeted. The website says that you will be greeted with love and freshly prepared food and sent back out on your way um the program used to be where you could actually just go to the church and church itself and then you would just get a freshly prepared hot meal but because of covid um right now the food is just going to be available for pickup if you want more information you can go on to begoodsoil.org um but slash hearth and table slash hearth and table But in the meantime, if you didn't catch that, again, we're going to have all these links uh, in the description, the episode description.
0: Yeah, it's really sad because this was like a really popular program. Like I know of the people who um, participated because they're partnered with the UO Food Security Task Force. They're partnered with Food for Lane County. And it was an actual chef, Chef Ryan, and he had the kitchen open up um, so people could go and learn how to do food prep and they spend time together and learn um and then they'd walk out with food but you know now it's really great that they still have this food available so again if you um if you need it
1: you can still access it it's a great resource because it's good it's an actual chef and with that we've reached the end of the show uh thank you all for listening if you have any questions free feel free not free feel feel free (laughs) to email us at food Fumble hotline at gmail.com. You can follow yeah, that's yeah. We will have a Google form out circulating through the Daily Emerald like. up, Yeah. Yeah. Uh so go ahead on Twitter, follow ODE Podcast. And you can also follow our own personal social medias. I am uh J at JDeep2 on I'm Twitter. Spell that's, that. I will spell that out right now. <laughs> I know how to plug two, okay. <laughs> but I am at J D I E P and then the number two on Twitter. If you really want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow my food specific account I've created with my cousins. We are at Deep Fried Fam, that's D I E P Fried Fam on Instagram. And M. Okay, well,
0: time for t- shameless plugs. Um, you can find me on Twitter at CatchUpToEmily, or if you want to follow my food-specific Twitter, or not Twitter, if you want to follow my food-specific Instagram, that's at Sikfanmea, which is at S-I-K-F-A-N-M-E-I period A-H um, That also goes for my blog and my YouTube channel so you can... Wait, you have a YouTube channel? I do. <laughs> yeah. I have all the creative projects going on. Um, yeah, you should cut, like, right after, before you hear that, because that's, like, funny. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway,
1: yeah. And I think that's that, that from the two that. of us. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you stay safe and happy in these hectic times, and keep on cooking. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.